What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things the challenge, past, present, or future, if it's happening in the challenge universe. Then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today. On today's podcast, very, very exciting times, we are diving into a brand new season of The Challenge, a brand new branch of The Challenge franchise. The show has officially added a new version, officially moved over to CBS with the debut of The Challenge USA less than one week away. Premieres next Wednesday, July 6th at 8.30 Central Time, immediately after the Big Brother premiere. We've got... Big Brother alums, Survivor alums, Amazing Race, and Love Island alums all set to enter into the world we love so dearly and find out what the challenge is all about. TJ Lavin is, of course, there to host, so you know it's an official thing. It's going to be some mixture of badass, awesome, funny, brutally hard, full of twists, turns, backstabs, and blindsides, all of the things we love about the challenge just on a new network with some new people that maybe you haven't seen before. Because if you, like me, are one of the people who is a challenge-only kind of person, you know, I've recently got back into Survivor. I've watched the last few seasons live, but I'm not a big brother guy. I'm not an amazing race guy. Love Island, none of that stuff, and really up until recently wasn't in on Survivor. So I don't know who any of these people are or much about the shows that they come from. I imagine some of you listening are in that same boat. And that leaves me a bit lost trying to preview this new season of the challenge on my own. So with the start of something new for the challenge itself, we also start something new for this podcast, which is that I've got a guest co-host for the day. I've brought in a guest that I'm absolutely thrilled and honored to have here. The queen of challenge TikTok herself, the host of the Most Likely To podcast page, will be joining me. I'll give her a proper full introduction, let you know all the places to follow her in a moment when she joins. But know that if you are like me and you are feeling a little lost going into this new season, then that is exactly why she is here to help us figure out who the hell some of these people are and the backstories they come into the game with. Before I get to Paige and I's conversation, though, and the full season preview that we will be doing. A couple quick housekeeping notes. First, next week there will be three podcasts coming your way. The rewatch series will continue on Monday with the Gauntlet 2, a.k.a. TJ's first season. So spend some of the holiday weekend binging that to prepare. Then next Wednesday, midday, we'll have that All-Stars 3 finale recap coming your way. Same time as always as we finally find out who takes the home of the crown of All-Stars 3 champion. And then Thursday morning, I will be back again to cover the premiere episode of the Challenge USA. We've got a finale and a premiere in the same day. What a time to be alive in the Challenge universe. It's big, big times. You better believe I will be covering it at all. Hopefully, today's guest will not be you know, some one-off, but will only lead to more and more episodes where I'm joined by another challenge expert, super fan, maybe even cast members themselves. So stay tuned. Lots of cool things coming. But for now, let's go ahead and dive right on in to the Challenge USA and welcome in our very first ever guest. All right, fellow challenge lovers, we are incredibly blessed to be joined on the podcast today by a very special guest. She is not only the queen of challenge TikTok, the creator of CT Tuesdays, the host of the incredibly entertaining Most Likely Two podcast. She's one of the best interviewers you'll find in the reality TV space or really anywhere for that matter. And most impressive of all, even in a challenge community full of fun, wonderful, and kind-hearted people, she stands out as just an absolute gem of a human being. 
Paige, welcome to the podcast. I can't thank you enough for being here with me today. Oh my God. That was like the best intro ever. I'm going to have you like intro me for everything. Shit. That was great. (laughs) Happily. I will. Well, deserved introduction. You got a lot on the resume there. A big deal in the challenge space. So I'm sure many of the listeners now are very familiar with you as I've come to be recently. And it's been a joy to get to know you and have you helping me out with things here and there and a joy to have you here on the pod today. The purpose of today's podcast is obviously to talk about the Challenge USA, but before we dive into all things USA, for those who maybe are just meeting you for the first time, could you give me and the listeners just kind of the Cliff Notes version of your history as a Challenge fan and how you ended up with your podcast that you've got and kind of embedded in this world? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I've been watching the challenge forever. My first season of the real world was Hawaii. And so it was like battle of the sexes one kind of went hand in hand. So I'd always watched the challenge and, you know, honestly, how I got into this world was such an accident. I tell this story all the time, but I had always wanted to be a content creator, but hadn't really found my niche yet. And then there was a stitch on TikTok that was like, stitch this with the most iconic moment in TV history. And I was like, oh, this is Banana's backpack. Stitched mm-hmm. it, posted it, went to sleep, woke up, 3 million views, you know, 60,000 followers. And Insane. people were like, yeah, they were like, this is your thing now. You are now <laughs> the challenge person. And I was like, I know marketing. I know branding. I know that I can make this a thing. CT Tuesday started becoming my thing. And then Marie Rhoda actually was like, when are you going to start a podcast? Cause there's not a lot of women doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's definitely not a lot of women doing it at the level that I wanted to. That's no shade or anything. It's just yeah. how it is. Absolutely. And I don't have I don't have kids. I had the opportunity to do it. And so I started a podcast and next week is my one year and it's so crazy. So I'm so thankful for the community and everybody that loves me. I get 99% love. So I'm blessed by that. (laughs) That's certainly a rarity in, in this world or any online world, but uh, the challenge community is, I would say as positive as an on a vibrant online community gets, which is a great thing, but that doesn't mean that's not still a vibrant online community. There's no in 2022, you can't find one of those that doesn't have at least some nastiness somewhere in there. Some people trying to stir some shit up. So uh, that's so cool. And uh, congrats on the, when's the anniversary, the specific day on the one year. That's incredible that you're only one year in is with as many amazing guests as you've had and all the cool stuff you've done. So Um, so my one year is July 6th. I post, so I've been posting a shit ton of episodes every week just because there's Mm -hmm. so much going on, but I always post every Tuesday. I always say I never miss a Tuesday, whether it be CT Tuesday (laughs) or, or, um, the podcast. So I'll give your listeners an exclusive. So my one year anniversary interview is Lolo fucking Jones. So yeah, so yes, I'm excited. That's a big one because there's uh, a lot of challenge fans, myself included, that of many recent, like, what the fuck actually happened? Like, what's the real story? What are the real people's opinions about it? I would say that her her time on the show, her announcement of coming on the show was such a big deal. It went in such a weird way with such an yeah. edit where we kind of have no idea who to believe, what to believe, what really happened. So that's a yeah. uh, that's a 
well-deserved of a one-year anniversary podcast for sure. That's so cool. Congrats on that. Um, The final thing then, just to kind of set the stage a little further then, just for where you stand as a challenge fan yourself, because within the community, one of the things that makes the show and the fans so great is that we obviously all, you know, can go all kinds of different ways who our favorite or least favorite cast members are seasons that we loved or thought were hated. You know, it's why it's so vibrant discussion debates, never ending. So could you fill us in on maybe your two or three favorite seasons of all time and maybe like three or four Maybe not like the best players ever, anything, but your favorite cast members, your ride or dies, if we can give a slight pun to the next season of the flagship. Yeah. Um, so I love Fresh Meat too. And I love the Inferno too. I knew we were and friends then, for a reason. Yes, I love Fresh Meat too, the Inferno too. And then I really love War of the Worlds one. So. That- spot on. We couldn't be more in alignment there. Uh, the war of the world's franchise for me is like the one when everyone says, you know, the challenge got a lot worse at some point. I'm like, uh, I don't know. It was only a couple seasons ago. We had war of the world's one and two, and those were pretty amazing. And the seasons before them were also a lot better than get credit for. So, uh, what, what about your, some of your favorite cast members? Um, so obviously I'm a CT stand for life, yes, but people, yes. um, give me shit. Cause I love Dunbar. I can't explain <laughs> it. I just like really like him. Um, I've always liked Brad and, um, for females, I always kind of had like some sort of infatuation with Kara, whether I was loving her, or hating her. Um, obviously like we're friends now. And so like, I kind of see behind the scenes of some of her negative seasons. Um, mm-hmm. but Veronica, I would die for. So yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, those are all fantastic answers and we're pretty much in alignment there. I also weirdly, I don't think I have like the amount of love that seems you have for Dunbar, but he was always one that he was kind of like the butt of the joke while he was on. And I was like, I feel like, I guess that's like better than being like kind of just totally in the background, but like, I liked him. I didn't totally get why that was, you know, the edit he got or the kind of persona he got. But, um, I love hearing you say, uh, Brad, just because I've also always loved Brad, but coming off of my first ever challenge mania event yesterday, meeting Brad in person and just being blown away at that. He's somehow even nicer and more genuine and cool and fun in person than, could ever imagine. Um, and I know that seems to be the case with a lot of these cast members, but it, he was such a joy to talk with. And he was such a professional at doing it too. It was incredible how well he was like, I'm going to make sure every person in this room has a conversation with me and like that. I like give them my full undivided attention. It was so cool. So I went from being like a major Brad fan to like, Brad might've just like moved into like my all time favorite list, like from the, I love him to now you're in the all time, all time list I just off of that interaction. He's so nice. He is one of those that will give time to everybody. Him and Tony are like that. So I love, I love Brad. He's great. And his weird head tattoo. I like it. Some <laughs> so. I've, uh, it's never bothered me, which is a compliment because <laughs> more often than not anyone else, uh, that's got the neck and head going on. I would, I don't know that I've ever been like, love it, but more often than not, I'm like, eh, he could have stopped at some point there. And his, I'm, I'm like, totally, I don't even really like notice, which I think for my personal taste is basically a compliment that it's like one of the best versions of it. I agree. 
All right. So with that, then we know a little bit about where you stand as a challenge fan. Let's dive into the main topic of the day. So we're here to talk about the challenge USA premieres Wednesday, July 6th on CBS. And then it's streaming on Paramount plus. I think it is for sure, like on CBS first, and then we'll be on Paramount plus the day after. Right. Do I have that right? Yeah. It's usually like, um, 3 a.m. East Coast yeah. time is when they drop them. It's like a weird time. So, yeah. Well, that that is going to really put a wrinkle in my schedule. I've gotten very used to All-Stars being streaming only and being like, all right, I wake up at like 5 a.m. I watch. I do the pod. It's out by midday. Going back to the watch it at 8.30 to 10 with commercials and then podcasts and go to bed at like 3 in the morning. Uh, we'll see if I'm if I'm ready to handle that. But uh, so it was announced a few months back and take me to a few months ago when that first official announcement came out that this was happening and that it was happening without any MTV former challenge cast members at all. Only new CBS people from CBS shows that had not had anything to do with the challenge before. When that all came out, the big announcement, what was your instant reaction as a fan of the show? Were you into the idea, against it, not sure what to think, then versus kind of now where you've maybe come to, if it's changed at all from then to now that we're on the precipice of it airing? So honestly, my initial thought was, thank God, because (laughs) one, I never think franchising is a bad thing. And two, I thought that the challenge was going to die very soon. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they were franchising it for me was a good thing. And for me, I liked the original Big Brother people that came into the challenge, like Davon, um, uh, Jose, Jose, Polly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, fuck Polly at the time, but now I love him, <laughs> right? But still, like he brought something, right? So now, I'm not a huge fessy Casey person, and so I was like, I think it's good that they're kind of doing a trial run on the mm-hmm. Challenge USA. And then maybe bringing to the franchise that like people are familiar with. So I looked at it as a good thing because they're franchising and then we're maybe not getting cast members that aren't as relatable as others, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, my so well, the other the one part of my initial reaction that was positive was that I'm sure you maybe also had as well as like, well, that's more content. So that's always, you know, selfishly. Sure. Give us three, four seasons. Make sure there's always one live. Then I always have content to talk about. I never have to, you know, if, if anything else, I've got an episode recap every week. Great. Um, But aside from that, I was, I also was in the boat of like, I feel like the challenge is kind of dying here and is kind of flailing. And at first glance, I didn't see this as a I was like a lot of fans. I was like, no, fuck this. Like what? No, that's not, that's not how we wanted to save the franchise. Like there, there was, maybe there was different ways to do this. Maybe there wasn't. I've much come around to, it helped a lot that they announced that they are doing a season 38 and season 39. And it, I'm still kind of wishy-washy on where I feel like they're actually going with the franchise or like, like three years from now, what do you think? What do you think is airing? What challenges do you think are airing on our television screens or whatever the hell we're watching on in three years? Do you think they're going to try to keep all three of these all-stars CBS flagship going? Do you see any of them merging, dying? What's your Um, thoughts? 
I don't think any of them will be on TV. I'll just say that. I think they'll mm-hmm. all be streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I feel like the CBS challenge, it could die because I've heard that production wasn't great to the cast members. Now, I'm not sure if we'll see any of that with the mm-hmm. quality, obviously. Um, but I don't know about that, but I think season 40 of the challenge will be the last MTV challenge we'll see on TV. And then it will go to a streaming service. As far as all stars, I think all stars will be around as long as they can get people to do all stars, they will get all stars there. Yeah. Yeah. It feels to me like maybe, yeah, they want to get to season 40 of the flagship just to say it's season 40 because that's cool and big round number and everything. Yeah. But it feels like if, we're starting CBS and now the shows that would be the obvious feeder system to the challenge are now the shows that are going to feed the CBS challenge universe. And there's not a lot other than in only international shows to feed, you know, the last few seasons of rookies on the MTV one that all stars is just going to become the flagship. Like, because if there's no new people to bring into the world of the flagship, then, you know, bringing those people back, you're just, doing all-star seasons anyways, or the best version of its all-stars, especially this season with them having, you know, Kayla and Sylvia, Jordan, some other people that are younger and challenge years come on. feels like once they, if they get to a season 40, great. And then it would just be like, well, that's done because all anyone we still want you to see from this world is just going to be an all-stars world if they want to be at that point. And that will have those. And who knows, maybe the, uh, all the ones in the other countries and everything will take off and they'll let us watch them after the fact. And, you know, I'll be out here trying to learn Spanish and doing pods about the challenge Argentina and I'll, right? you know, there'll be a C- Argentinian CT that we all fall in love with for the next 30 years. I want a UK CT. That's what I've been waiting for for a while. And I haven't really got it, but I don't mind the internet. Just like for the record, the international cast, I really enjoy them a lot of times. But I don't think they've gotten the formula 100% right since War of the Worlds, that Mm -hmm. whole, like, franchise. Because in my opinion, like, the international people they brought in last season, most of them were flops except for maybe, maybe this is controversial. But I thought Berna was a good pick. I thought Mm -hmm. Tasha and Esther were good picks. And I thought Emmy was a great pick. So but they're not getting the formula right with international people. So the thing is, is if casting would actually get the formula right for once, then the franchise, like the flagship wouldn't die in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on, I've liked the international and I think the reason it worked in the uh, Vendetta's final reckoning war, of the world's era was if when they pulled everyone from one place at a time, which the UK cast that they brought in for those like three to four seasons. I know a few of them like don't have any desire to ever do the show again, but there's so many amazing people that were only on for one or two seasons, the Georgias, the Theos, the so many people that I'm like, I would love to see that entire cat, like all of them back. And I think the last couple of seasons, it's been a little too, it's not that the people individually aren't great, but they're so spread out and it's one or two from so many places that, they feel really out of place in the house. They don't know necessarily who to, you know, those UK folks, never, most of them hadn't done shows together, but they kind of knew each other from the circuit of being in the same UK reality world. There was right. a little more camaraderie. There was, it was just a little easier to say, we're going to do add in this area of the world 
you know, a bunch of them. And then if they would have been done, like not just Tatcha and Esther, but like, here's eight people from different reality shows in Africa, all in one season together as like the new batch. I feel like it would work a little bit better, but that's all. That's all for a different podcast. We can talk about that (laughs) at length. We are here to talk about challenge USA. So we are going to go through a couple, talk about a couple general things up front, but the main bulk of what we're going to do here is go through the cast so that for those listening, who I know there's a lot of them out there like myself, who have no fucking clue who any of these people are, save like two or three, um, that you can help us out with that. But before we do that, let's talk first about what we know about the format and the theme for this new season. And I want to do this by reading the official statement on CBS and MTV sites that came with the cast announcement. I'm going to just read it in full here, the explanation of the game, because I had read this when it first came out and I had, I think, unconsciously, like purposely forgotten it and tried to erase it from my memory. And then in the last day or two preparing for this podcast, I read it again and was like, what is this? So let me read it in full and then we can both react to it together here. This is what on their official page, the description of the game. Upon arrival, the cast from the CBS universe will be given $1,000 to start their individual challenge accounts and quickly discover they must battle to keep and increase their handsome reward. Love handsome reward coming back. In each episode, an algorithm will pair contestants who will face off to earn money for their accounts by winning challenges or eliminating their opponents. This will not be an easy task as they will be paired with a randomly selected competitor every episode, making alliances and strategies more difficult than ever. Players must adapt to survive the game, protect their challenge accounts. With the $500,000 grand prize and title of challenge champion on the line, players will be in a constant state of paranoia, unable to trust anyone but themselves. Who will outwit, outplay, outlast? Who might declare, I got a text? How prepared will everyone be to expect the unexpected? Lastly, good luck, travel safe, go. That is the end of that section of the statement, which... uh, All of the shots at Amazing Race that have happened prior to this, the biggest one is that they just, at the end of their list of all the iconic catchphrases from all the shows, they couldn't come up with a way to work it in. So they just say, lastly, good luck, travel safe, go. Um, First off page, starting with the end there, I am very worried for our guy, TJ Lavin, that this season is going to be chock full of them asking him to say way too many catchphrases and puns related to the shows that these people come for. Um, (laughs) Do you think that they are going to go way too heavy on the trying to tie in all of the other shows and make TJ's life uh, living hell and a bunch of memes in short clips of him saying ridiculous things? Um, no, because I don't think TJ would buy into it. And like, I, I just, that was in his contract to do this new show. Like no dumb shit, please. I think, well, we know that TJ reads off a teleprompter a lot Mm -hmm. of times. Right. But like, I can't see him. Like I could see him reading off the teleprompter, but not how they wanted him to, because he probably doesn't watch those shows. So they might do it a little bit. Maybe if there's like an elimination where everybody from the same show gets eliminated, but I don't know how heavy they'll go on that. I think they're going to go hard on big brother, but no other show for some reason. Yeah. Well, if we've learned anything from the double agent spies, lies, allies uh, day, it's definitely that a theme can be taken much too far, regardless of how great TJ's wardrobe looks. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he's up for all the wardrobe possibilities they have to offer. But 
maybe not, maybe we don't have to go too heavy on copying things from the shows they come from. That's to the side though. The real question after reading this whole thing, um, this seems like a very complicated game that they're about to play. And that's laid out here. I, as I mentioned, uh, I love that they added handsome reward back in a challenge staple from you know the first 10 seasons or so where the final challenge was always called handsome reward. It was always referred to as the handsome reward. I like seeing that little throwback nugget to, you know, the OG fans, but there's an algorithm involved and there will be randomly paired for dailies. Maybe it seems kind of to insinuate for eliminations, even that seems like a lot. Um, so what do you think just me reading that out, your ideas and thoughts on there being an algorithm involved at a lot of randomness being involved in the fact that in the trailer, they literally say a twist every single week. There's not an algorithm. It's whoever production wants to put against each other or with each other. That's not an algorithm. I mean, maybe it is. Is that just production fucking with fans that always like clamor that there's conspiracy theories and all this and them being like, you know what? If you think we did that, then guess what? We'll just do it now. And we're going to just we're going to call it an algorithm. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. I mean, that I mean, come on. Like, we know <laughs> what that is. I don't I mean, the twist I don't know what it could be, obviously, but it could just be things are harder or sabotages or like we're seeing on all stars, something with the star, something like that. So I don't think it's going to be like a major, oh, my God, twist every episode. But um, yeah, I think production's going to fuck with them, to be honest. I think that's the algorithm. They're going to fuck with the cast. Yeah, I I mean, I certainly hope that it's not. Like when they say there's going to be a twist every like twist every episode, I'm like that's not that's one of the things in recent seasons that even I who tried to be incredibly positive about even about seasons that, you know, it seems like a large amount of the fans don't love the one of the biggest things. And like just like the game doesn't there doesn't have to be some abrupt we're changing this this week. We're doing that. Oh, I faked you out this like there doesn't if there's one or two of those well executed throughout a season. Great. The idea of them thinking that they have to lead the marketing with their, you know, expect the unexpected every single week. Like, what if they just played a regular game and we got to see how they played a regular game? But right. we will see. Um, one quick aside on the whole algorithm production messing with them. Uh, so I am actually someone, contrary to my response to when you said that or a little bit, um, I'm someone who's really, really big on anytime there is some sort of like conspiracy out there of they set this up or they like changed this or of course this or that or whatever, having a background in event planning and like large scale event planning before and knowing, having some idea, obviously I've never worked on the challenge, totally open to it. Anyone from Buna Murray or whoever the hell is in charge now would <laughs> happily test your products, would help you build them, anything you want. I'm there. Uh, fly to Argentina on my own build, the whole thing. But I do know what it's like. I worked on uh, like five and 10K mud run, like Tough Mudder type stuff before in the past and knowing what it's like to set up, you know, 20 some obstacles for a day and whatnot. And I believe when the different executive producers go on, I think it was Ryan Day was on the official challenge show with Anissa and Tori last season talking about like people don't realize that like we plan every single daily and elimination like before we even have a cast, like because they have to be set up we have to be working on them in such an advance. And the only way they change is if someone gets injured the day of, and like 
the spies, lies, and allies. He referenced like when Anissa got injured on that season, they had to in the moment figure out the game that is literally set up waiting for us. How do we make it two person to one person? Like what can we move? What can we do? So I've always been big on like, they can't just switch stuff with the small exception of the only one I will ever believe is if anything ever revolves around a pole wrestle, that is very easy to switch because they literally just remove everything and throw a stick in the sand and boom, like you can change that over in a minute. But I do think that the more that's talked about, the more production would have to be like, we like, why wouldn't we be, you know, there's some degree of like, if you're them, you're trying to make the best product. So would it really be that big of a deal if they were like, we're going to kind of have a couple things on standby at all times to make sure like if we get, you know, with this cast, who I don't know, but you know, in a past, if it would be like, what if Fessy and CT ended up in an elimination together? We maybe, why would we not be on standby to like throw a haul, throw a pole, something in there. So I believe most of those in the past have never been real, but I would be open to the idea of with a new production on this one in a totally new game in a kind of evolving that they'd maybe be a little more open to like, we can kind of pull the strings even more than we ever have in the past. Yeah. I think, I don't think they switch dailies, but I think they switch elimination sometimes, but I mean, I don't know for sure. It's just a theory, Um, but I guess I don't even really care if they do or not, because Usually if they, if they are switching it, they're doing it for a better production value. So yeah, exactly. And you know, as long as it's still relatively fair for the people playing, um, you know, this isn't a game that it's, it's a, it's a TV show before it's a game. And the TV show is the part that matters. Uh, even for those like me who fall a little more on, like, I like the sport side of the show as much or more than I like the show part of the show. The show is matters more. That's, that's the whole point of the whole thing. Right. In the end. So final question then on the format before we get to the cast, we also then know this show is one of four that's been filmed or was filmed at the exact same time in Argentina and the others being challenged UK, Australia, and Argentina. We've got no idea if or when we are going to get to watch those seasons here in the States. If they'll be, you know, up on Paramount plus right away, way after the fact, we don't, I don't think that's been announced or told yet, but We do know for sure the winners of those three shows and this show, we will see all of them in a grand finale of sorts that was originally titled and billed as the Challenge War of the Worlds. And then they realized, as all the fans were like, didn't we do that before? We liked War of the Worlds. We would take War of the Worlds 3, please. Um, That that was a problem. They've used it before. So uh, they switched or are in the process of changing whatever it's going to be called, but do you like the idea of a multi-show competition and the idea that, you know, there's shows going on in different parts of the world instead of bringing us, you know, here's cast members from different parts of the world you've never met before, instead letting them all compete in their own markets and then bringing them all together. Is this uh, do you like this? Do you not like this? And what do you think? Do you think they can come up with an actual decent name or will it be laughable when they come out with whatever they replace war of the worlds with the name will be dumb, whatever it is. (laughs) I mean, the challenge USA is a dumb name. So, you know, if if that's a dumb, you know, but it is what it is. Um, as far as like the other ones, I think it's cool that they're doing it. 
it'll be interesting if it's winners i would assume that there's only two winners from each show so that does does that mean eight people go to the world competition yeah that's the part that i can't figure out um but i would love to see the uk and the australia one the Argentina one's going to be weird because subtitles are legal in Argentina. So we either have to learn Spanish very quickly, which I mean, maybe we should all know Spanish anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, or they're going to have to change a law so we could watch it. So I feel like, well, it would get taken down, but I'm sure there's somewhere somewhere out there in the challenge community who would happily be like, Oh, I'll like record all this and add the subtitles myself. But then the moment they, that brave soul puts that up on Reddit or somewhere, it'll get taken down, which as it should, I guess, you know, laws and all of that. But yeah, I'm well, TJ is the host supposedly hosted all four of them. I don't, I remember TJ being asked about that on multiple podcasts, maybe even your own. Um, but, uh, I don't don't know if he speaks Spanish. I I don't think he hosted the Argentina one. I heard that he didn't, but I also, I don't know for sure. I don't know. I hadn't heard anything other than the initial, you know, the first announcement. And then he was on, I think he was on the challenge mania pod, like the day the official announcement came out he was like, kinda, he didn't know if he was allowed to talk about it yet or not, but they kept right. telling him like, no, TJ, I'm reading an article. You're allowed. Like, it's fine. You're in. He's like, okay, well, yeah, I'm hosting. Maybe I'm hosting more of them. And he just like, kind of couldn't still didn't know if he could say anything, but yeah, I hope we get to see all of the other ones. Like it's going to be a real bummer. If, you know, if there's more challenge out in the world, I want to see it. Even if, you know, whether I'm super excited for it or minimally excited for it, I want to watch it. It's still the challenge. So I'm hoping they're all up. I do think to your point of like, or is it just going to be, you know, two winners? And then like, what are they going to do with just two winners from every show? Right. Is it, it would be really silly if it was just like, here's a bonus two episodes. That's just like a second final <laughs> with like the eight people that won the other finals. Cause no one, you know, the ratings go down at the end for a reason. We're not all that interested once it actually gets to the final challenge, but maybe that means more than two people will win. Maybe there'll be some sort of team aspect. Maybe it would be really cool if it was like two people won, but they get to pick two other people from their cast or something like that to like bring on as teammates for the next one. Um, So who knows, but that's enough about the general stuff, the high level stuff. The real, the real reason we're here uh, is for the cast itself. So we've got 28 cast members all coming to us from one of four shows, the amazing race, big brother, love Island or survivor. We're going to go through every one of these cast members. And while I am thrilled to talk anything and everything challenge related with you at any time, Paige, the cast breakdown is definitely the true reason I've brought you in today as our expert in the field, because I find myself, as I think I said earlier in the boat that I think a lot of challenge fans are in. And I know many listening right now are in because they've messaged. I've been messaging with a bunch of different people about this very issue and that is that I don't know who the fuck any of these people are. Um, almost zero of the 28. I have watched two of them compete and I know who a third one is because I listened to his podcast. So I've got three out of 28 people that I have anything to go on. Okay. Everyone else, nothing. Um, so the hope in bringing you on today is that you can help me and other challenge only watchers get, you know, the need to know the most pertinent info on who these people are, what we should maybe be expecting from them. So how we're going to do this is we're going to go through every single cast member. We'll do it alphabetically by show. 
I'm going to start us off with each one. I went through only looking at the cast photos, just simply the cast photos. And I made a bold opinion about every single one. I wrote down my first initial reaction to just looking at a picture of this person, not a fair way to judge anyone, but we'll see because I'm hoping they're probably all going to be completely wrong. Um, (laughs) You can tell me just how wrong I am, or maybe a few of them, I, you know, their picture tells, has a thousand words. It tells a good story. Um, So I'll give my, the little opinion I've come up with about them. You can tell me if I'm wrong give us some actual info on the person, maybe what they're known for. If there's an obvious comparison to an MTV challenge cast member of the past that, you know, would give us like a think of this person, the way maybe you think of, you know, person X, who you know, that'd be great. Your hot take opinion, whatever you've got, just, you know, the quick little synopsis on them. Sound good to you? Perfect. Sweet. Fantastic. We will try to keep every person at like one to two minutes max. So this doesn't take all day long. It's a big list, but I'm sure there's a few that we'll be able to just kind of breeze right on by and like uh, not much to say here. Maybe a few other favorites that we'll spend a little extra time on. But let's start with uh, the amazing race first, which has the fewest cast members on this season. Only three of the 28 hail from amazing races is not some perfectly split, you know, equal number of people from every show. We can see where CBS really thinks their stars are, I guess. Um, And let's kick it all off with Kayla Platt. So i got to pull my pictures back up here so I can look at them again before reading my opinion. I had come up with about all of them. So for Kayla, just looking at her picture, and again, I will only say it one more time here, it's very unfair of me to just look at a cast picture, which notoriously cast pictures are horrible. I will say as a group, this cast clearly has taken cast pictures before. They knew how to tell the producers, no, that's horrible, or like they all seem to have gotten a pretty good shot. So hats off to them for that. Kayla. My opinion of her, she thinks that she's going to love this more devious strategic game, but in actuality, it's going to be way more cutthroat and vicious than she gave credit for. And she's going to turn out to be a little bit too nice of a person to actually enjoy it the way she thinks she's about to enjoy it. I can see that. I I'll be honest. I didn't watch her season. I just watched clips of her. Um, so she was on the amazing race 33 and she was a flight attendant and she came in second but she is like real positive and like real cute. She's like excited to be there. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, I, on the amazing race in general, when I was trying to think of like, which of these shows, you know, is the most tailor-made to, you know, build a skill set, I guess, or whatever way you want to say it, like to be good at the challenge right away. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that the amazing race of today, I also don't watch currently, but I did the first like 10 seasons of the amazing race when I was younger, I loved the show and I watched it. And I do feel like the earliest days of the amazing race, they would have been tailor-made to kick ass on the challenge. Like the first 10 or 15 seasons of the challenge when Mm -hmm. the, you know, it was a little less physically involved and a little more like random strategy, just weird situations you've never been in, sell this hat on the street, whatever. Like, I feel like they would have been tailor-made for the show in the early days, but maybe not as much now, but we shall she, see. She lost. So she came in second because of a puzzle. Mm, so she's it, got some scar tissue there. Yeah. So we'll see so if she can got better at them or it, or it did not get better. Yeah. One thing so I for say about amazing race, they have partners, the same partner the whole time they're on their season. So I think that's going to be a disadvantage for the amazing race. People is they're not used to their comfort so. for sure. Or maybe the, the times they randomly get paired up with whoever they like in the house or with each other. Maybe that'll be like the time 
they have their best chance of winning a daily or something like that. Right. All right. Second amazing race person, then James Wallington for James. I immediately looked at him and thought his smile just screams. I've been doubted before. And I routinely prove people wrong. It's the greatest joy in my life. I'm here to do it again. And he won yeah. amazing race, right? He was yeah, the one winner. Race 32. Well, Which- yeah, he, he just has a look about him. of just says like, it's so great that you doubt me. Like, I'm, I'm going to win and it's going to feel, um, it's just going to be so great when I do it again. Cause I've done it time and time before. Yeah. I like James. I didn't really know anything about him when I first started talking about the challenge USA, but I watched his season. His season was weird. Cause they filmed it in like 2018 and didn't even show it until 2020. Um, but he got like engaged at the finish line to his partner. Will like he has like a story that everybody loves. So I think his social game is going to be really, really good um, because he's able to make connections with people. But he definitely is one that I think people underestimate, but he he shows out. So I'm excited to see him. Is he still with his partner that he proposed yeah. to then? I don't, I can't. Um, so they have a joint, they have separate Instagrams, but they have a joint Instagram and I can't remember if they got married or not. Um, but his partner's name is will and they're very cute together. So, <laughs> okay. Wonderful. Cause we've, as we've seen in the past, uh, it's always a momentous and joy filled moment on reality television. When we see a proposal, some have gone great, some not as much. And, you know, hopefully for he and his partner, all things great, especially if that, I mean, if it aired that much later, that's a, a lot of time already that they've put down. So hats right. off to them. Definitely keeping an eye on James. I would say of the three amazing race people, he's definitely the one that I'm getting the most. Uh, I forget. I only watched the trailer once or twice. I, I never want to watch the trailer too many times. Um, and even as someone who talks endlessly about this show, I'm the one person who's like, I want to talk about it all day, but I don't want to like study the trailer because again, I'm anti-spoiler yeah. and you're going to learn some things, but I don't, I feel like he was in the trailer. He at least had a couple voiceovers. He was like the main amazing yeah. race person kind of featured. All right, right. The third and final amazing race person then, or amazing racer, I believe as they refer to themselves at in the trailer is Leo. And, uh, he is the only one that I wrote this for, for their picture. I'm getting nothing from Leo. Not sure what he's doing here. I don't think he's sure what he's doing here. I think he got the invite. They needed some more, another person or two from amazing race. And he's like, sure. Uh, but I'm not getting a lot. Don't know what to expect. Um, I guess Leo's the best to have never won of Amazing Race. He did three seasons, mm. 23, 24, and 31. And in my opinion, usually the best to win, best to never win any show is not the best to watch on TV. So I don't <laughs> I don't get a lot from him. I, I'm I'm honest, I've never seen his seasons. I'm still excited for the amazing racers, but like he doesn't have the James and Kayla have a connection. They're active on social media together. Leo hasn't even posted about the show. He's like the only one that hasn't. So um, I don't think he gives a fuck about. Yeah, that's never it's never a great sign as far as the, you know, the kind of editing that you can play into like who's going to do well. And, the you know, there's as much as they're not allowed to talk about what happens, there's always kind of signals of. Maybe some people make it far and some people don't based on how amped up they are for you all to watch it. And not a great sign if we're not hearing much from Leo. So his social media activity matches what I'm getting from his picture. And that's not a lot. So moving on to then Big Brother, which I think the 
of these four shows, while I'm personally most excited to see Survivor folks on bias because I like Survivor a lot and I don't like Big Brother really at all. Um, but I do think given Big Brother's history on the Big Brother cast members history on the flagship challenge, I feel like these cast members are going to be the ones the most scrutinized on this season of like, can you do it? Can, a, you know, we have the most players of any show or come from Big Brother. Can Big Brother cast carry a challenge season? So I think these people are going to be, you know, they're going to be given every opportunity to be kind of the face of the season to have big storylines. Let's start with Alyssa Lopez going in or alphabetical order here. And for Alyssa, my uh, first reaction looking at her photo was lying straight to your face is me being honest. That's what, that's what I get from her. Uh, I'm big brother 23. I thought she was really boring. Like that was just my opinion. Um, she did make it's it 23, pretty- the latest season. That's like the newest yeah. one. Right. And most, yeah. a bunch of these folks are from that same season. Right. So she made it pretty far in one of the trailers or something. She talked about how on big brother 23, she was only known for her showmance. So like, mm. she wants to like prove something now, which she is so tiny. It means it's she's because- going to have a showmance. She Every probably, person that ever says, I had a showmance before, I'm not doing it again, has a showmance. <laughs> she might, she might, listen, I'm not, I don't get mad at people for politicking, but. No, um, I would. I don't. You're there, don't, you got, have fun. Why not? Why not? <laughs> she's single and she's pretty. I, I don't think she's going to be like super impressive physically, but her social game might be good. She did get very, very far in Big Brother she was the last, they had an alliance of six people, the cookout. She was the last one eliminated before they all got into the final six. So I think that's good for her, but I do think she'll manipulate the shit out of anybody to get her way, which is a good thing in a game. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I had, uh, I had seen the, the cookout, uh, name being thrown around a lot. I've become familiar with that was, you know, the alliance name, I feel like with as many of them coming from that season into this season of the challenge, we're probably gonna probably hear that name some more thrown around. I think we should all be prepared to uh, get a full backstory on who the cookout consisted of and how that all went down. So even for those of us who didn't watch, I feel like by the end of this challenge season, we'll know everything that pretty much happened on big brother 23. Yeah. Next up then we got Angela. And Angela's picture to me screams, I'm a sweetheart, I swear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'll be honest, I didn't watch Angela's season of Big Brother, um, but she she's one of those that's still with the person that she met on her season and they're like getting married. Nice, she, good for them. She was on Casey Clark from the flagship. Mm-hmm. She was on her season. That's the one, that's the season that Casey won. So I think Angela will do okay socially, but physically, if she can get her way into the top of whatever, she'll be a big threat. So I'm excited to see Angela without her boyfriend or fiance or whatever he is. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm most excited about for Angela, but I think she'll be one to watch for. So um, I'm not sure if she'll win, obviously, but I, if we're at the halfway mark and Angela's gone, I would be surprised. Yeah. Well, uh, since you mentioned Casey there, it reminds me one other random kind of thing I thought of when I was looking at the cast list, I 
did not do my normal as has been obvious as we're working our way through this list, you know, listing out what seasons they were on, how many seasons their stats and everything that I would normally, normally come with an overabundance of stats with challenge flagship folks. But I did just quickly before we started, I pulled up who's won their show before and like made sure to highlight those people mm-hmm. and was really kind of taken aback at first of like how few of these people won. But then it made me realize that part of that is because the only big brother and survivor people they pulled in the last few years into the flagship world were pretty much all people that have won. And so they kind of, you know, that works against them in a big way now saying like those people aren't eligible, at least for this initial season that, you know, how many, I think hasn't every of the recent ones like Casey, Josh and Amber all won their seasons of big, not Amber. She didn't, but Casey and Josh both did. Right. Yeah. And Um, then, on the survivor Bessie, side, Bessie didn't a win bunch of people either. have. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is one area I know, I know we disagree on as one of the few, few cast members. I'm, I'm Fessy fan for life over here, uh, who constantly lets me down off of the show, but that's, that's that off of the show. <laughs> I met him in person and he was great to me. And he was very welcoming and he made sure I got like to my car safe. Like I will say all of those things. And when I did my season 38 predictions, I put him very high up in my predictions. So I might be coming around to Fessy. He unblocked me on Twitter. So we're making big. Yeah, Yeah. that's a massive step. That's, you know, that's admitting a wrong on his part. Why would he have done that in the first place? Well, no, the it. Just to continue the tangent briefly, my whole stance on Fessy, which I'd love to get just quickly, if you if you think there's any credence to this theory, my entire thing with Fessy has always been if he was on the show and Josh and Casey weren't there, that his the opinions of him would be so different. I think a big part of the reason that like kind of hate he gets is because the trio of them kind of get hate is like this big brother trio that is the main storyline for three seasons in a row. And maybe it's a little boring. Maybe we don't like, you know, all of them and that because he's lumped into that, it's like extra and he's the most vibrant of those three. And so, you know, easy to hate. And that if he was on a season without any of them where he had to make new friends, he gives you like, no matter what you come to the show for, if you want sloppy romances, he's going to give you some sloppy romance. If you want someone to be a little bit arrogant, a little bit overconfident, and then either, perform incredibly or completely fall on their face and fail. He's going to give you that. He, you know, he brings, he's a well-rounded challenge cast member, love or hate to be a heel or a hero. But I think it's so easy to be like, you know, I was big on the big brother sucks. I thought everything Devin did, you know, a couple seasons ago was hilarious. I was all for like, yeah, big brother sucks. Fuck these people. Like let's root against them. And I think if they weren't all lumped together, they could each, they would each be thought of differently as individuals. I, I don't disagree with that. I also think I'm over the fake storyline thing from that whole vacation yeah. alliance. And so yeah. if he would create an authentic storyline, I would be I would be very down for that. But you can't tell me that him and Josh, that little fight was was not, you know, Ugh. staged in some way. Yeah, and just the um we don't have to rehash that, but also the <laughs> the he shouldn't have gone home. It's just so dumb. Um, which I'm, I'm pretty big proponent of like, we should have pretty strict 
hard and fast rules about that stuff uh, for very good reason. And in the early days of the show, when they didn't, it caused a lot of problems and it only amplified problems because they didn't know how to handle anything in the moment. And they went back and forth. But uh, I don't think he was the person who should have got sent home in that situation. But anyways, enough of the Big Brother folks who will not (laughs) be on this season. Let's get back to the ones who will. Next, we got... I, I believe Aza. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Do you have any? Uh, Aza, any? yeah. Aza. So yeah. her picture, I looked at and thought she is the first person that we've looked at so far who does not stand forward facing the camera for her picture. So I feel like she plays by her own rules and is only going to be the leader of an alliance, not a follower. Uh, yes. So Aza is probably going to be the worst physical player out of all of them she's she's she is a petite woman yeah she's she's the tiniest person ever um and in big brother she didn't you know the physical competitions which aren't really significant she did not do well in um but she she made it to the final four because you know she she cooked that alliance up with the rest Mm -hmm. of them so i could totally see that i think she doesn't want she's a cookout member she is. Yeah. Okay. She made it to the final four. Someone's going to, if I got that wrong, someone's going to clock me. Um, it's but fine. She, None but, of us watched either. So you're okay. You're okay with this, uh, this listenership here. She made a bad choice. Um, she made a bad vote in my opinion. And that's why she did. I don't think she would have won, but she might've made it further. Um, but she made a bad political decision and that's why she didn't win. But for the most part, I think she's a very strong political player in her alliance. If she forms one, we'll get her far. So that's a correct, correct assumption about Aza. Okay, good. So I'm getting a few of these right. That's you know, judging people off a single picture. Maybe not the worst idea in the world. Maybe just a bad idea instead of the worst. <laughs> but next up, David Alexander. And I'm getting vibes from David that he is going to be the person everyone in the house loves and is actually like, I want to be your friend. And then they're going to be really sad when he's one of the first ones to go home. Everybody hates David. So oh, couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> Just when I thought I was getting good at this. Okay. No um, one likes David. Okay. No one likes David. Everything that I've ever posted like on TikTok, and I, I'll even like, I'll literally be like, okay, like David's going to be there. This is his season. And people are like, fuck David. So <laughs> You know, if was there a singular incident or anything in his past, or is he just people don't like the kind of general people don't don't know? But he, um, so David was on, uh, I mean, he was on Big Brother. Okay, so he was on Big Brother 21 and he was the first one out. And then he went back to Big Brother 22, which was like all stars. And people like didn't like that because he was first one out and then he got on all stars. But like the Josh Martinez treatment. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> so only that one guy that didn't break his wrist oh man listen i i, <laughs> I curse alan for getting injured every day alan that was his name i'm sorry alan for forgetting your name but no fuck alan alan ruined our lives so um, <laughs> i people don't like david i don't think his house I, I mean honestly if people like you you get far in big brother like that's kind of how mm. big brother works yeah so um if well, David got a new personality, then maybe fans <laughs> will come around. But he literally is like, I'm here to fuck people and like have fun. Like that's kind of him. So like if he doesn't take it seriously, he will be out. But I don't think anybody will be sad. 
So possibly the opposite of what I thought the first night, big party, he will be the one that is way too much like, no, let's do another shot. And like, who wants to get in the pool naked? Like that sort of thing. Like, yeah, no, I thought we were here to play a game actually guy. So that's what I've heard about him. So we'll see. Okay. Well then moving on to Derek next and everything from Derek's photo to me is screaming that like push my buttons at your own risk. There is a massive inferno of energy ready to explode out of me. If given the opportunity to like unleash some sort of like monster, just, you know, quiet person that the moment he's not quiet is very loud. Um, so Derek, he was kind of the one to be in big brother 23, which was the last season Mm -hmm. that aired. Um, and they got him out really early because he was such a threat too strong. Okay. He was too strong, like politically and everything, but he's kind of small. So that's, that would be his downside. But I think that he could, if he could get in first in an alliance, he really could be like, don't mess with me, whatever. But he is the CBS golden child. You know how MTV like bananas is their golden mm-hmm. child. Derek X is their golden child because he was okay. on 23 he is obviously on the challenge USA and he just filmed the latest season of amazing race. Wow. What a man. I'm very envious then. Cause I think a lot of people that do the show and tons of fans obviously would be like, how cool would it be to get to, you know, try all of them. So that definitely sounds like, uh, he's got some friends on the production side, certainly and good for yeah. him for doing he's that. I, he was on the outside of the cookout though. So it'll be interesting to see how he works with them. Um, I personally, and I've gotten shit for this. I'm not a big Derek X fan. I never really understood the hype. I'm sure he's lovely, but I personally don't get the hype. Um, okay. So yeah, okay. That's I like it. Well, I do get, I'm saying, you know, maybe not as physically threatening, but the, you know, relied on this social strategic game and everything. Maybe there's a path although with potentially random eliminations, who knows, but a path from him being like, Hey guys, I'm the layup, save me for the end. And that gets him through like the first half. And then before they realize now's the time to take this person out, he's got too strong of, you know, ties built up and an alliance built up. So I could see a, I could see a path to a successful season uh, using the strengths and weaknesses, both as strengths. Let's mm-hmm. move then to Enzo up next here let me get down to the picture one of the most uh intimidating of the pictures that my thought looking at him was that he's saying i might be really good at this but everyone in the house might also find me grading to be around he feels (laughs) like a very strong he's given off a very strong personality strong presence like i want to be a strong presence in the room kind of vibes to me with this picture um, well, Enzo's known for like his little mantra. They call him the meow meow. So just like, uh I'm a big cat guy. So if this doesn't, I would assume meow meow has something to do with cats. I might be all in on Enzo. Yeah, I, I don't dislike Enzo. He formed a really good alliance um, in Big Brother 12. And then he went um, on 22, like the all-star season. Um, and he did pretty well. So I think he he's one of those Big Brother people that if, if, that if he would have won, nobody would have been surprised. So his biggest downfall will be his age because I think they're going to come for the older people. Um, but he is a good strategic player and he's, he is like kind of life of the party and he's in your, he's from New Jersey. Like that's, 
Yeah, he's gonna be in your face, and you're either yeah. gonna love it or you're gonna hate it. So yeah, he, he's a real Jersey guy. Yeah, speaking Jersey. of the age thing, I was just pulling up while when you said that. Um, the always wonderful and great challenge stats on Instagram and Reddit and everywhere else posted today the age distribution of all of the uh all the players on this season. Enzo's 44, he's the second oldest on this season. But there are five people in their 40s and then eight or nine in their 30s and like even some mid and late 30s, which gives me hope as a 32 year old who, you know, three years ago was lamenting the fact that like I missed my window. I'm never going to find a way on to any of these shows and certainly not onto the challenge. You got to be like 25, 26, 27 between all stars now. And now this, where I'm like, these are first time people in the challenge world. And we got some 45 year olds. Like I got all the time in the world. So Enzo and Tasha and Dominic and Tyson and all the others that we'll talk about here in a minute, definitely giving me and a lot of fans out there some hope that we haven't aged out of our, our opportunity. I agree. All right. Next up, then we have Kyland and Kyland is One of the only, he is the only person on this entire cast list that I know who he is, even though I've never watched any of his shows, because he's just very, very active in the friends with a lot of other reality folks, you know, maybe I follow on Instagram or whatnot. I've seen Kylan pop up in my life on Instagram a lot in the last year or two. So I've at least, you know, seen him dancing in the background of a video here at an event here, there, things like that. But everything I'm getting both from that knowledge of him, that very limited knowledge and this picture is he's maybe just here for a great time. And have you seen how pretty my smile is? Because he's got a real pretty smile, you know, and that he'll maybe be very liked. But I don't know what his prospects in the game are. Oh, Kylan, Kylan, who watches my Instagram stories and doesn't follow me. Kylan, Kylan. (laughs) It's okay. I love Kylan because He's a sneaky motherfucker and I Mm. love a sneaky guy. And in the reality TV world, I kind of like a clout chaser. He's Mm -hmm. at every event. He's not missing nothing. So Kylan will do anything he can to get to the end because he wants his star to rise. Um, But he is not to be trusted. But I wonder who else knows this. Um, Okay. And he has a beef. He has a beef with another Big Brother member, which we'll talk about in a couple minutes. But okay. so it'll be interesting to see that play out. Well, I am also someone that in the you know newer age or the present day version of the challenge and all reality television, where myself included, you know, people have lamented for years of you know the challenge can never be the same because the people come onto the shows with different you know expectations and aspirations and the reasons they're there. I'm all for like, if you're going to be there to like clout chase, make a bigger name for yourself, build a brand, whatever, then do it. It, Just be open and honest about it, which sounds like, you know, if he is, then that's the type I love. If you're trying to act like, no, I'm that's none of that is of interest to me. None of that matters, but it obviously clearly does in such a big way. That's when I'm like, no, that's the in, you know, you're not being authentic at all. You're not being genuine. That's what we don't like. So I like that. And that definitely tracks with the fact that when I saw his picture, it was like, I know that guy. I've seen that guy like 500 times in the last year. I definitely know who Kylan is without ever watching an episode of television of him. I've met Kylan in person. He's very nice, but he's not one of those people that's going to like be like, I'm doing this for my kids. I'm doing this for my family. He's like, 
fuck y'all. I'm doing it for me. Yeah. He's that guy. Great. Well, he's on he's on my favorites list so far then. Next, uh, second to last big brother person, we've got Tiffany. And Tiffany, to me, looking at the photo here, is this game and this money will be mine and there is damn near nothing you can do about it. Just pure oozing confidence in this photo. And like, this is, this is a wrap. This is over. This is all mine. Why is anyone even here? Yeah, she definitely has that attitude. She was actually my favorite from big brother 23. She won America's favorite house guest. Um, and if anybody that's listening is into big brother, Twitter, big brother fandom at all fandom, turned on her very quickly after her Mm. season. Um, She may or may not have hooked up with Kylan. We don't know that. Um, But I really like Tiffany. She's like kind of the mom of the group, but like the tough mom, like Mm -hmm. she'll call you out on your shit. So, you know, she made it to the end. She was part of the cookout Alliance as well. So she, she could get very, very far in the game physically. I don't know, but in the game, she could get far. Okay. I like that. And, uh, definitely, I think she was one of the three or four people that was like heavily featured in the trailer. Or I feel like I got like a real glimpse of and vibe of, and has also been in, I haven't watched all of them, but started watching the, you know, the main challenge accounts been posting the, you know, like get to know the cast or, you know, all the little season preview clips. And she, I think was pretty heavily featured in the big brother get to know clips. So High expectations, I would say, for her. And then finally, the last Big Brother person is the one Big Brother winner that is joining this group, my single stat that I've got here on any of these people, and that is Xavier. And looking at Xavier, I before I knew that he was a winner, um, which maybe ruins my opinion of looking at his picture, I got from him that he was so stealth. You won't even notice me repeatedly kicking your ass. I thought this guy's going to be great and people aren't even going to realize how great he is. And he's going to kind of be that under the radar, you know, awesome competitor, obviously then learning immediately after writing that statement down that he won his season of big brother or a season of big brother. I was like, I guess probably going to be hard to go under the radar when you're the only one that's won something before of this group. So maybe not so accurate with that one. The thing is though, like that's, that's totally right. That's kind of how he won big brother. But so he was in the cookout Alliance as well. So there were six members of the cookout Alliance. Four of them are sitting in this challenge USA house and it could have been any, any one of them that won. So I think they would all be targets in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I like X him and Kylan had a beef. Apparently it's, it's okay. Kylan kind of called him out and like, went head to head with him about his family. Um, Kylan goes below the belt like that, but X is like pretty unbothered. Um, So that could be an advantage to him or a disadvantage because I don't know how much he's going to want to talk strategy and some of these survivor players, that's all they do. So yeah, go either way. Okay. Uh, And he goes, does everyone mostly refer to him as X? Not a lot of things going around. X. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, that is the big brother cast. Then we'll move into the next show. Um, the show that I will admit has the most to prove to me of cast members, not only because of the obvious, they, you know, come from a dating show, which is its own version of a competition, but isn't quite, you know, is adjacent to the competition, but also because, um, I was maybe going to mention this at the beginning. I've mentioned it on a 
previous podcasts, but I'll say it again here as a tangent to see if you have any thoughts or maybe your own inside knowledge. Uh, my, my umbrage with the Love Island cast is that they potentially replaced the challenge cast members in this show. Um, I am not someone who has, you know, who talks to the cast members or production or anyone like yourself or many do. I know I'm never like breaking news or insider info, but once in my time, uh, in the last year or two of doing this, I have out of nowhere, got a big juicy piece of inside info that I talked a few weeks back on the podcast about. And it was that the original inception of we're going to do a new challenge like show on CBS was going to be players from the challenge survivor, big brother and amazing race, equal teams from all four of them against each other. And it was going to be like the shows versus each other. And they were going to bring in the biggest names in each of those shows, at least on the challenge side, like the Wes's bananas, Kara's, those, those level of names. And that somewhere along the line that completely changed. And eventually, obviously now the show we're getting has no one from the original challenge, but knowing that the first ever idea that was batted around enough to talk to cast members and to kind of start piecing it together featured these other three shows versus the challenge that we know and love and that that went away. And now unfairly to them, Love Island is in my mind, at least replaced like this is supposed to be the list of challenge people that we're talking about. So very unfair of me, but they, this cast does have a lot to come to come by. Uh, any reaction to my, my little piece of inside info? I think Love Island's going to surprise you. Uh, however, that, that was allegedly the original conception. They could, all these Love Island people, I think there's seven of them. They probably paid all seven of them the same amount they would have had to pay one Wes, one Cara. Yeah. That's really what it probably came down to. Um, because if I'm Wes or Cara or whatever, I'm not stepping on a plane for less than a hundred grand, right? Yeah. So um, Love Island, they they probably are. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, I would be obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a real bummer. Cause I know the person I talked to about it was only telling me about it because they're like, we, like they had a, they had a date already. Uh, like we're leaving on this date. And I was like, that's like, that's pretty far down the line of like this. They like think this is really happening. And then six months later, I was like, I thought that was supposed to have happened. I feel like I would have heard something and then boom, different, totally different thing comes out and uh, can't get in touch with that person again at the current moment to ask if uh, if I can get further behind the scenes of where did it go? Where did it fall apart? But nonetheless, we are talking some Love Island folks now. Let's start with Cache. Yeah. Uh, my first glimpse of her here is I imagine her thinking backstabbing isn't my thing. I'll do it in the front with a smile on my face. Uh, no, she'll fuck you up. Uh, she's not one to be trusted for sure. But I mean this in a loving way because I love Cache. I think she wants to win. I think she's really cutthroat. She's very physically dominant. I would be shocked if she did not make it to the end. Um, okay. She's going to have problems with everybody a- along the way for sure. Okay. Okay. So she, you're saying she is willing to do, she's, cutthroat. I got the cutthroat right, but is willing to do it from the back, from the front. However, it needs to get done to yeah. get the job done. Okay. Sure. She does. She's got some guns on her. So as far as 
you know, trying to just judge someone's athleticism. She's, she's coming in. She's purposely got those arms out, making sure you see those biceps a little in the photo. So yeah. I think she's got a lot to work with a lot of potential here. Let's move then to, uh, is it correct? Cashel? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's going to be a little, I hope they're never partnered up Cachet and Cashel, uh, <laughs> the right next to each other, but they are next to each other on this list in Cashel. I look at him and I get a little bit of buzz cut Logan San Pedro vibes of like, I'm real good looking. I'm going to be a mystery to you, regardless of if I'm on one episode or every episode, the only thing you're going to really know is that like, I'm kind of good looking and I just kind of sit around being good looking. Yeah, pretty much. Which I loved looking at Logan all season long. So like, that was fine. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I feel like Cash Shell probably like smells better than Logan though. Here's the thing about Cash. I just I didn't get a good vibe from Logan. Spanish Surfer doesn't doesn't you don't think smells the best? Those ocean, those ocean let's call it surfer, right? But um I was actually surprised that Cash Shell was even casted because I don't really remember him from season one of Love Island. So he'll probably be background noise, but I could be wrong. Um, okay. I really hate the stupid tank top he's wearing in his photo, by the way. It does yeah. Not Did they just tell him you have to take your zip up off or I guess they do. They kind of have like three different options for the men and for the women of like tank top, cut off, zip up jacket. So yeah. definitely, definitely not the best of the options. It's also like really shiny. Like it looks like it's borderline like leather versus like athletic material, you know? which would right. be hilarious if they're like, here's your tank your tops for the season. Here? They're leather, like have fun. We're going to be out in the hot sun. You're going to be wearing leather while you do whatever crazy shit we make you do. Right. All right. Next up then is Seely. Is Seely correct pronunciation mm-hmm. there? So with Seely, I'm getting, I know this isn't a dating show, but that doesn't mean that those skills are not useful in this game. Yeah, probably. Okay. She- She's like so, Celie's like so cute and just so nice and bubbly. But I think she's one of those girls that's like, oh, you think I'm dumb? Like, I'm going to use that to my advantage. So she got second in her season of Love Island. Um, She's close with a couple other people that are on the show. So I think that will help her. I don't know how good her physical game is, um, but she she definitely isn't afraid to use her her bubbly personality to get ahead. So she could do well. Love it. We'll move then to Cinco and Cinco. uh, I mean, the very obvious uh, seeing his pictures and he took a tank top and even appears to possibly have rolled the tank top sleeves up slightly to even get as much. Show in there. This looks like someone who, you know, Love Island's cool, but this is where I belong. I did that to do this. This is where I'm supposed to be an athlete. Yeah. Yeah. That's Cinco a million percent. I think he, listen, I hope it's not popcorn muscles. He, he, cause he's either going to do really well or he's going to flop. Him and Cash are exes. Okay. Good to know. If they're paired together, just know that algorithm. That algorithm got us. If they're paired together first episode so that we can get their backstory easily woven in there. Okay. They don't don't follow each other on social media anymore either. He follows everybody except for her. And she follows everybody except for him, including people that were on this current show. So, um, so he knows how to be petty, which I'm, 
you're a fan of, I'm a fan of, know that. I'm a fan of. She knows how to be petty even more. So um, I think I can see the two of them, Cash and Cinco. I can see the two of them trying to get each other out. Um, so hopefully his muscles are not popcorn, but I'm rooting for Cinco. I like him. Yeah, definitely, definitely keep an eye on just from the simple, you know, there's always there's always the one big muscular guy in every cast, new rookie cast. And, you know, we always kind of in recent years over inflate, like they don't do hall brawl every time. Like, let's settle down. It doesn't just mean that they're like going to be the best or something, but sometimes they flop. Sometimes they're great. So we'll see what, see what he's got in store. Then we move on to Giovanni and let me scroll down here so I can get a glimpse of this photo again. Oh yes. The bucket hat, of course. Uh, the bucket hat in his photo screams to me that he's got Ace Amerson potential as like the star of the first two episodes, the life of the house party, the first night or two, but then goes home immediately. And it's just a, it's a flat, a quick flash, but a big one. Yeah, pretty much. He's just a goofy guy in a bucket hat. That's, that's <laughs> all I got. That's all I got for Giovanni. <laughs> well, if he can, if he can do an ace impression impression, I always loved aces one to two episode runs on the first two or three seasons he did. So love a guy that can come in and just have the time of his life for two or three days and be happy. Totally fine. Going home from that point on. Then we go down to Justine in Justine. My vibes I'm getting from her photo is dating shows take strategy too. And that, there might be a lot more strategy going on in this brain than you're thinking in one of the main love Islanders who might come in and say, and like show that, you know, there was actually some strategy to what we're doing just because we're from a dating show. Doesn't mean we can't, you know, we can't figure this out. We can't manipulate our way to some success. I agree with that. The only thing I would add to Justine is that um, she won her season of love Island. Oh yes. Oh wow. I had that marked and everything and totally forgot. Okay. And she's the only, yeah, she's the only one that won Love Island. Now quickly fill me in Love Island. What is the contest part of Love Island? Um, I mean, like, like, how do you, how do you win? Is there just one couple at the end that wins or. Oh, it's one couple at the end that wins and it's voted on by America and, um, whoever gets likable. Yeah. So whoever gets the most votes between the two, like, even though it's a couple, one of them will get more votes than the other one. And then they decide if they will split or share the money with their. Wow. So did they do that before the challenge ever tried to introduce that? I mean, I guess friend or foe, the old game show probably is the one that truly introduced that way back when, but I think it was after, um, but they always, yeah, it's every time that's they always share the money. So like, well, that 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 means that someday someone will get to be the one that you know has a really big really big moment when they don't but uh all right so we got another winner on our hands here then two more love island we've got kira or kyra kira 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 um i looked at her photo and thought that she's going to be the one that the first time they're allowed to get really physical in a daily challenge she's going to realize that she really loves doing all the physical stuff that she's going to be like, well, this was fun. I got to like wrestle people in mud or something or like, you know, run into a bunch of people, knock people over. And I feel she just screams that like, maybe she hasn't done a lot of that before, but she's going to instantly realize she loves it. 
Yeah, she honestly is one of those people that everybody loves them. She's like magnetic. Like her Instagram bio says like biracial, bicoastal, and bisexual. Like she is just, she's <laughs> everything that everybody wants. Um, I think, I think she'll be very good physically and socially. I could see her getting very far. So okay. Yeah, I'm getting. I'm getting a lot of positive coming from her. And then last but not least on the Love Island side is Shannon. And Shannon, my first initial opinion was that she looks like someone who maybe will act nervous when they're anything but. I can see it. So Shannon St. Clair is a great name. She's a gift from God. Um, she is reality TV gold. I know you can't see it in the, um, her cast photo, but if you Google Shannon St. Clair, love Island, there's Mm -hmm. a picture of her in a pink bikini. Look at her abs, like get the fuck out of here. Shannon. She was not only America's favorite on love Island, but she would have won the entire thing. And the reason that she didn't win is because um, the man that she was with in the villa, his sister died. And so she went home with him, but she would have. Oh, wow. For okay. Sure. And Shannon, yeah, uh, I just Googled her name in Love Island, as you said, and she definitely uh, got the worst cast photo. She got the the annual award for who got like they picked the worst of all these photos I took because I'm sure all the others we're better. Not that this one is, you know, terrible or anything, but definitely. Yeah. A lot more athletic than maybe this picture gives off, which maybe was a strategy of hers of like, let me throw that zip up on. No, she said she made like an Instagram video and she was like, I hate my cast photo. She was like, it was brutal. Like we'd had no makeup. She basically was like, you know, love Island. We get, we make out like that's how love Island is. And she's like, but this was brutal, but yeah. You know, well, it's a it's a rite of passage. It's a it's almost an honor for her that it happens to multiple people every season, and uh, so so it had to happen to someone. So she look out for her. She's my winner's pick for the females, by the way. Oh. Shannon. Is. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. We will we will come back to that at the very yes. end. I'll write that down. So that's all Love Island. And the final crew we got to look through is Survivor, which is the only crew where I have any familiarity with any of these people as I grew up big Survivor fanatic, same time as I became a challenge fanatic, stopped watching Survivor somewhere around like when they did their first all-stars season, like 14 or 15 or something. And then during the pandemic have come full back in, watched the last two seasons live, watched uh, it really started when they started coming on to Survivor or on Survivor onto the challenge. I like went back and watched the season with Jay and Michaela and with Michelle and a bunch of different ones. So I have seen a few of these people before, but not most of them. But we got a bunch more winners, including our first person to touch on, which is Ben, who's rocking the black cowboy hat in his photo, which we're coming off All Stars three with Jordan with the white cowboy hat. Now we got a black cowboy hat in the building. That to me screams someone who wants to be the villain. Am I correct? I mean, he was on Heroes versus Hustlers versus something else. Healers, healers, heroes, whatever it was. (laughs) People don't really like Ben. And like, um, I think he's one of those people that's like, 
I'm just here because I love the game, but it's like, no, you're here because you're kind of manipulative. And (laughs) he's like one of those people that's like trying not to be manipulative, but is so, Mm -hmm. um, he also did winners at war. So he did two seasons of survivor, but I knew I had seen him. He, did he not last very long in that season? I don't I watched that entire season in literally like a day and a half, like one of the first months of the pandemic when we were truly like, all right, let's never leave our houses again the rest of the life. I was like, well, let's start this. And I think I watched that entire season with maybe one break at some point for like to sleep for four hours. So I don't remember much, but I saw him. He's one of those like not loved winners of Survivor. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how he does in the show. There seems to be a lot of those in the survivor world. The more I like get back into survivor, it seems like it it's a much more common in the world survivor than the challenge of like the people that win are not always necessarily people that end up being like beloved characters. And a lot of the people that come close or do two or three seasons become like the true, you know, fan favorites of fan favorites, but that may just be the same people win the challenge. That's another podcast for another day, but (laughs) yeah. All right. Let's then move. The next person is my favorite member of the cast. Uh, heavy bias having actually watched his season, but was maybe my favorite member of his season of survivor. That is Danny. Uh, I had no new opinions about Danny from his photo, knowing him from his season survivor. I just think Danny's the best. I love Danny so much. I loved him on the show and I certainly love you know, being a fan of the sport side of the challenge, bringing an actual like decently long-term NFL player into the challenge world is very fun and exciting for me and is a way better version of doing it than when they had the ill, the ill begotten champs for stars days. Um, he isn't technically the first NFL player to be in a challenge world, but in my mind, he will be. Um, <laughs> so I love Danny. Is there anything is there any reason I maybe shouldn't love Danny or anything you want to add to him other than just, he seems like a wonderful person. Who's also, no, I love athlete. Danny. I love Danny. I've talked to him a little bit recently. And so I'm, I'm rooting for him. He's, he just seems like a really good guy. That's all yeah. I have to on Danny. I love, I just loved on his season. The he's one that was a, played a very quiet game until it got close to the end. And he kind of realized like, I've got to start doing some stuff if I actually want to win, but it wasn't like a, it wasn't a strategy maybe as much the whole time. It was like, I'm just like a good guy and everyone likes having me around and I'm pretty good at providing at winning challenges, whatever. And so, yeah, my wife and I both like, we watched that season together and we're both the whole time we were heartbroken when he, when he went home, but hopefully he at least finds some success here and maybe gets all the way to the end. He is definitely, if I'm picking someone I'm just rooting for, not prediction to win or anything, if I could just root for one single person on the male side, it's Danny on the female side. It'll be another person from his same cast that we'll talk about in a moment. But first we have to talk about Desi Desi. I look at her photo and I think that they should put her in charge of this entire show. Maybe Paramount plus maybe any large global company. I feel like she's just an absolute boss. And I also might be in love with her. So is there any reason that I shouldn't be? No, Desi's really well-loved. She did very well in her season. I think, uh, I don't want to say how far she made it because I know I'll be wrong, but she (laughs) made it pretty far. She's a fan favorite. She looks like she's in even better shape than she was on Survivor. So I think, I think she will do very well if she can get the right partners. Okay, great. Well, I'm fully prepared to be just head over heels, her become my favorite of the folks that 
of the long list of folks I have no previous attachment to outside of the Danny and Shans of the world. So fully ready to episode one, be like, yep, my instincts were right. I'm rooting for her. She's one of my favorites. We'll then move to Dominic. Dominic, another one of the older uh, folks among this cast that's given us all hope that it's not too late. Um, But in that spirit, my thought in looking at this was he's just too adult for this. Like he just looks like he took a like family portrait here and, you know, is just kind of like a nice gentleman, a nice, you know, he's just kind of an adult. And I don't know how he will, I don't know how he fared on Survivor having not seen him on Survivor, but I don't know how he'll fare in this world of this type of game. Um, I think he was the runner up. Okay, so that's good. He did, he did well, um, but he's real aggressive. So I don't know how these like younger people are going to take with this dad being aggressive, but I actually like him. So I'm not like mad about it. He was on Survivor Ghost Island, which I think people really like that season. Mm-hmm. So I did at least. So um, yeah, I'm excited to see him, but you know, he needs to tone it down if he's going to get far. Yeah. Could be a, uh... Maybe he tries to pull what a Wes has recently done on all stars three, but without any of the background of like coming in, just be like, I'm in charge. I'm running the whole thing. And that works if you're Wes coming into the world of all stars, and maybe not if you're a new person coming into a brand new game. <laughs> I get a headache we, when I think about Wes. <laughs> he, uh, it's a, it's a very West season that he's put forward for us on all stars. And I love it. So uh, moving on though, to a few survivor folks left here. The next one, Sarah, which Sarah, I do remember I watched, she was on winners at war cause she won previously, but then she was on winners at war as well. Right. She I remember to- watching her there in my, my, I, my brief memories from binging that season so fast, but also from this picture is I get very strong Jody vibes from her of like pretty good athlete but maybe gets very anxious and nervous. She can overcome that anxious and nervousness, but it like gets really, you know, like the game gets to her a lot. I feel like I remember her on survivor. Like it was a lot for her and like, she was able to like do it. It wasn't like she totally shut down, but she wore some anxiety on her face. I can, I think physically she's like Jody, um, but mm-hmm. Sarah is pretty fearless. So she did three seasons of survivor. She won game changers I believe Mm -hmm. and so um she's one of those people that she did like a triathlon in like every continent or some shit like that wow Um, but she is a very very controversial person um and she has she has a lot of politics outside of the show that people do not agree with okay Um, sure her reputation has brought into the show so we'll see how that plays out for her but if she can if she can just shut the fuck up she will make (laughs) it so far because she's such a physical dominant person so um, well uh a lot of interesting things there definitely though yeah the idea of people that do those types of like next level, crazy inhuman feats of athleticism to like run triathlons and do wild stuff like that certainly spells well for, you know, a challenge final. And they kind of build this season is like, it's going to be even more hardcore and physical and everything else than you've ever even seen before. So that's all great. Um, um you know and- who she is? She's the female Jordan. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, in all ways, I, I, Jordan is beloved in this 
this, uh, this person's mind, um, for better or for worse. So yeah. I guess I got to be prepared to absolutely adore Sarah for better or worse. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see if that pans out. Um, we'll see if she can maybe have, a uh, some redemption maybe for past times, the way Jordan has, has been able to do so pretty, pretty well in recent years. Then we've got next up. I mentioned her briefly earlier, but we've got Shan. Shan is the other one who, uh, same season as survivor as Danny season 41, correct. That's the right number. Um, loved, loved, loved Shan on the show. She is definitely the number one person I'm rooting for on the female side. I think that she's a fucking killer. I think I just loved everything about her on her season. She, you know, gets her and Ricard. I love the entire her and Ricard, like, how openly they're both like, I love you. We're working together. Obviously one of us is going to have to screw each other over. Let's see when it happens. And while I also loved Ricard on that season, I was slight team Shan of who, which of those two, I would have preferred to be the one that got to the other first, but love Shan. I'm expecting a lot from her. She's definitely the one I'm rooting for the most on the female side. Um, I'm not rooting for her the most, but I feel the same about everything else you said. I, I loved Ricard and people yeah. were to me about it, but I liked both of them together. I think that, I think she's just like so excited about everything that, um, I, I just think she'll do well and I hope she does. And I hope she has a good experience because she seems like a great person. Yeah. I feel like her single weakness on survivor was that it was clear how excited she was to like play the game and like because she was really good at it but you could tell she got you could see the excitement when she was kind of like making some moves early on was why she got immediately labeled like that's who we got to look out for and then the world of survivor at least new age survivor that i've been watching recently it's very much like uh who's the you know every three episodes it's just who's the big who's gonna win okay that person has to go home and we can all agree on that and she was one of those that was just too obvious of a threat and a good player and was having way too much fun being a threat and a good player so maybe she can be a little more subtle about her joy in manipulating and maneuvering this season here then we've got tasha next and my uh, looking at Tasha, my instant thought was she's going to be the fan favorite. I had to, one of these people I had to look at and be like, that's, you know, that's my bold choice of like, that's got to be the fan favorite, right? Any, any credence to the possibility of her being a fan favorite? For sure. She, um, I believe she's 45. So she's one of the oldest, she is the oldest, but she looks like 35. Like she's great. Yeah. She did two seasons of survivor. She did my second favorite season, which was survivor Cambodia. Um, okay. she dominated immunity challenges. And so I think she knows that she'll probably go in and she'll know, like, I'm not the majority here because of maybe her age or her alliances. So she'll be physically good. I, I love her. I hope everybody loves her too. Well, so far one picture in, I'm certainly feeling like that's how I'm going to feel. And I feel like that's how a lot of people will feel. And then last, but certainly not least, we've got Tyson who, um, while I have not seen any of Tyson's seasons, or that's not true. He was on Winners of War. Uh, was he not? He's been on three or um, four yeah, seasons. I have, like I have his list. But my familiarity with Tyson is because I listened to Tyson's uh, Survivor podcast. The pod is spoken on the same uh, Ringer reality TV feed that Death, Taxes, and Bananas, Johnny Bananas podcast is on. 
I've been listening to his pod for you know the last couple seasons of Survivor, so I've become fairly accustomed to Tyson's personality and heard lots of his you know kind of war stories from all of his times on the show. And I'm also was listening the first day it came out. He made you know a bit of news of any of the kind of news and rumors that have come out about this season is he on without ever saying anything direct, but very clearly was the first to say, you know, how great Survivor's production is. No other show with challenges could ever build a, it was like the second to last challenge on the last season. Like no one could ever build a game like this. No one could ever run a smooth operation like this, treat the cast like this. And even ask his co-host Riley, like, can you think of any other challenge-based shows that like are anywhere near as good of a level? And it was like, okay, clearly this is your first episode back after you've been mysteriously gone, which we all knew was filming the show. So clearly he maybe didn't have the greatest time or is one of those that felt like the cast or the production wasn't, you know, wasn't in lockstep, wasn't, you know, putting their best foots forward, but he's a huge name in the world of survivor. And, um, he's obviously he's won before he's done very well. He's considered a huge threat whenever he enters that game, which he's done a bunch I would assume coming into the show, he was pretty prevalent in the trailer and was definitely one. They're like, Hey, we got Tyson. Like, you know, he, we've got one of the really big names from the world of survivor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so he's got the pedigree. He's definitely got an attitude to him. Like he is, he's got his own personality. He wears it on his sleeves. He's very confident in himself, very sure of himself. So I have high expectations. Um, I'm interested to see if any of his, you know, the, things he didn't like about this season come through, or if it's all going to be, we have to hear about afterwards, but um, no, he's the West. He's the West of survivor. You know, he really is. I can see that. He's did four seasons of survivor. He won one. Um, And, you know, he did well at everything, but he's kind of a troll, but I love Tyson. Like I'm so excited for Tyson to be there. Yeah. I mean, I, I listened to his podcast for a reason. I very much have enjoyed his commentary and definitely uh, the West thing makes total sense. I can even having at times been a member of Wes's Patreon and listened to like his recaps and stuff. Like they, even in that, that like type of way, they have uh, some connection and some, some similarity. So we'll see if he can, you know, be as, is great in the game and in the house as a Wes has been known to be, but uh, we shall see. I'm, I'm very curious just to find out if there's like a big moment with him. That'll be obvious of like, Oh, this is what he like was so clearly upset about, or if it'll be all behind the scenes under the radar and we'll have to listen to his pod um, to find out after the fact, but that is, that's our full cast. We've done it. We've got through the whole list and um, it didn't take the entire day. It took, it took a while there, but it, as it always does, let's, uh, before we head on out, let's wrap up with a couple, we've mentioned a few of them through we go, but, uh, we won't do the full set of predictions. I normally go way, way overboard with, uh, all the ridiculous predictions, but let's quickly both give the, the male and female that we are rooting for the most, that if we could just choose someone to win, that's who we want to win. And then the male and female that we think will win. If we had to predict two people to win and I'll uh, let you go first. Let's start with who we're rooting for. I'm rooting for Shannon for sure. Um, from love Island three for my females. And then for my male, I think I'm rooting the most for Cinco 
But I also am rooting for Kylan a little bit because I feel like it will be so ridiculous if he wins. So <laughs> I feel like, like we would never hear the end of it, um, possibly, yeah. which as we shouldn't, if I, God forbid, I ever got on the challenge and somehow won, I would, I would do an Instagram live every day for the next five years talking about that. I won, uh, probably right? I would never win. Be so full would, myself. <laughs> I would too. Even if I got on there, I would never win, but if I did, it would be, it, it's over. Well, you've definitely, you've definitely got me on the Shannon train. Um, and I'm glad that you, uh, exposed me to the fact that she maybe got the worst of the casting photos. And I wasn't given getting of all the many unfair opinions I just shared about all these people that maybe hers were the least accurate. So they're on my list. But as I said before, Danny and Shan are definitely the two I'm rooting for the most. And maybe Desi was the other one I threw in is just, I, you know, I think I'm going to fall in love with her quickly on the show. So the three of them are top of line. I do think for the, if I was rooting for like the best case scenario for the show and the challenge franchise, I like the idea of Cinco or Kylan. I feel like could be the type that would win. And then, you know, in Kylan's case, you know, be very like, I will be a spokesperson for this thing. I'll be all out there. I'll do 10 seasons in a row, whatever. And in Cinco's case would be like, oh, the big guy with huge muscles came in and actually won the first time. We might have something on our hands here. Maybe we've got, you know, someone who coming into next season can be like, I'm the returning champ and I dare any of you to try to beat me type scenario. So I think those could be really good for the show. Mm -hmm. Let's then finish with who do you not rooting for, but if you had to, if you had to put a little money down in Vegas on who you think will win this, who do you think will win? I, I still think Shannon's going to win, but if I don't pick her, then I think my winner's picks would be probably Tyson and Sarah or Desi. So. Okay. Well, I love I think hearing Tyson's gonna win Desi. For sure. Yeah. You think Tyson for sure? I just have a feeling, but I'm probably wrong. I mean, I don't know, but like, I just have a feeling Tyson's going to win. And then Desi and Sarah are just so good that they got to make it far if they don't win. So that's my, okay. that's my prediction for winner's pick. I think previous uh, contrary to what I just said, I would also throw Tyson in the list of best case scenario for the franchise of like, what what would the storylines be if this person won of uh, you know a very one of the biggest names in the survivor world that they got wins and then is clearly willing to do the like survivors better and like we're better than challenge people and whatever and make some big storyline when maybe they let some challenge folks into the same game as him or other survivor people if i had to pick two people to put money on to win with you know the least confidence i've ever had in trying to predict a winner of a challenge season I'm going with Xavier or X on the men's side and on the women's side, I was thinking Sarah as well, but I also was very, and I don't, I mean, I have nothing to go on, on almost any of these, but, uh, was it Kira or Kyra? You said it was Kira, right? I think that I, now that I say it, I'm like questioning it, but I'm pretty sure it's Kira. Well, Kira, if I'm, if your name's actually Kyra, either way, I've butchered it repeatedly. I apologize for that, but I do think you're going to win the show. So that's, uh, that's my, you know, apology to you for maybe messing up your name is that for some reason, I just, I just think she might win. So yeah, that's my pick. 
I like her. I think it's Kyra because there was a Kira on season two. Love Island, the names got me all fucked up, but <laughs> I she was on X on the Beach, whatever one just aired too. So if people want to get to oh, know cool. her, they can watch well, her so she's at least that you know she's got a, a half a foot in the in the world we're used to then. So maybe that'll even give her another reason why out out front I'll like her more than the others. Well, with that then, so. We've talked pretty much about it all, all the cast, the show in general. It will be debuting here in about a week to a week and a half, pending when I actually post this podcast. So we'll wrap up with Paige. First and foremost, thank you one more time for being here with me and all the listeners today. It has been an absolute joy. Can you quickly fill in? I will put in all the show notes, everyone listening, anything you want to get in touch with Paige, every link you'll need is right there in the show notes, but Paige, you want to give them the rundown of where to follow you, what to listen to anything you got going on, which is a lot and it's all great. Yeah. So, um, on Instagram, I am most likely to pod. I answer every Instagram DM. So, you know, feel free to DM me on anything on TikTok. I'm pretty underscore petty X. A lot of people follow my Instagram. That's the same thing. It's private. It's, it's no challenge content. It's just me being cute. That's all. So you're welcome to follow that too. Um, most likely to TWO podcast is available on everything. The reason it's the most likely to pod is because, you know, I have a guest every week that tells me their yearbook superlative. So Jacob, we'll have to have you on soon so you can do that. Um, but yeah, follow me on everything. I have a merch line as well. Um, pretty cool challenge stuff and gear. Pretty so- cool. Amazing challenge stuff. <laughs> I have not got my challenge until chill hoodie yet, but it is, uh, I've had a cart full of a couple different things. I got to trim <laughs> it down to a more appropriate uh, bill that I can handle right now, but, uh, the merch is great. And are, I know many times you have done, you've used the merch as a way to support some great causes and great, uh, folks in the challenge community who could use a little bit of help. And I know in the last week or so we were doing that for Anastasia. Is that still running right now? Yeah. So, um, the way that I'm doing it, as long as somebody uses a code, um, they all donate the profits to Anastasia. She was from rivals Two in the real world, Portland. She had a very traumatic birth story. A few people are like, I don't remember Anastasia. She beat the shit out of our boy CT. So you gotta remember her. She put yeah, him in his how place. Can you not remember? How can you not remember? It's only a couple that. episodes, but she made an impact and it was a good one. I will never forget her, but, um, I'll give you a code. So if people use your code historian, I'm going to give the money to Anastasia. She's a, she's a great person. I ship it all same day too. So I have CT Tuesdays shit. I have it all. So, you know, okay. Wonderful. Well, that code and all the links of course will be in the show notes. Everyone head over, hit the follow, hit the subscribe, buy you some gear, do all the things, follow page everywhere, including the personal page. Of course, we want to, we want to get the personal page account as well as the challenge gear. So, uh, everyone give her a follow. Thank you so much again for being here page and hope to talk to you again, plenty more times in the future. For sure. Thank you so much. That is all for the podcast today. Thank you so much to Paige for joining me for that wonderful breakdown. Thank you to you, the listener, for being here, listening to us break this down, getting ready for the Challenge USA premiering next week on Wednesday, 8.30 Central, 9.30 Eastern, on CBS, on Paramount Plus the next day at some point. I assume, I believe that is how it's going to work. So 
Reminder again, what we said at the top of the pod, we will be covering this season in full all season long. Those podcasts, we will do them super duper late on Wednesday night, which means when you wake up Thursday morning, they will be there ready to go, ready for you to listen to on your commute or your workout or wherever you find yourself in need of some company. Thank you for listening. We'll have the gauntlet next week as well. All-Stars finale. So much good stuff coming. Enjoy the holiday weekend for now. Hit that follow subscribe button if it's not too late. And with that, thanks for being here. Talk to you again soon. Until then, peace.